Hello everyone, this is It Tastes Different Gaming Podcast, a gaming podcast about all things gaming with three different flavors. I am one of your hosts, Nick Irwin. We also have another host, Patrick Smith. Hey, hey, how's it going, everybody? And Shane Eisterhold. How are we doing, people? All right, very good. All right, this is a gaming podcast, and we talk about pretty much everything in regards to gaming. Uh, Again, with three different flavors, that means we all have three different perspectives and different outlooks on gaming and uh, things that we all like differently from one another. Of course, there are things that we like that are the same. Uh, The first thing we are going to do is we are going to talk about um, different gaming avenues as well as we made top 10 or top 5 lists of our top 5 games of all time as well as our top 5 disappointments or games that we disliked in our top uh, 5 disliked games. So before we get to the top 5 games that we liked and disliked, I wanted to go around the room and see if we could find what do you think is on another person's top five? So, Patrick, I'm going to send it over to you. What do you think are on both of our top five best of all games lists? Well, on, on yours, Nick, I think um, you're big into the retro gaming. You do a lot of oh, the old school retro gamings. I would be surprised if I didn't see like a Castlevania type game on your top five list. Uh, one of those series of games. And on Shane, Shane can never shut up about Final Fantasy. So I think that's going to be somewhat, one of the versions is going to be on his top five. Uh, I bet we will see uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy there. One of them. <laughs> I Yes, I believe you're probably <laughs> right about that, at least on Shane's side of things. Shane, what do you think is on our top five? Well, Nick, you're definitely got to have a... Uh, mm. Mega Man, probably three. Pat, uh, definitely uh, Barbie horse breeding. Or uh, <laughs> or uh, some sort of MMO, maybe just a straight RPG, but I figure it's some sort of MMO. Can't really pick a name now. Mm. Interesting. Interesting choices. I, I think uh, personally that on Patrick's list, um, I think on his top five, Mass Effect is going to be on there. Uh, if it's not number one, I'd be surprised. But uh, I think it's at least in the top five. And for Shane's, I do think I'm going to agree with Patrick and say that Final Fantasy VIII is at least on there somewhere in that top five. Maybe not number one, but definitely towards the top, I believe. Oh, <laughs> we're for so. some upset. Yeah, well, we'll see. All I'm right. married. I can deal with it. <laughs> so we'll see who goes. Uh, let's see here. We're going to ahead and um, see who goes first here. Let's go ahead and do Patrick. Mm. Let's go ahead and start with you. And uh, I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Do you want to start with your top five games or would you like to start with your top five disliked or disappointed games well i'm gonna start out on a happy note i'm gonna go with my top five uh favorite games um okay. and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of start with number five and work my way through just kind of discuss that so number five is going to be dragon age origins that game 
sucked me in so many times. Um, I cannot, you know, I tried the game running my very first run through as a sword and board dwarf. And then I played again as a mage and I played again as a different class. I played that game more times than I probably played most other games on my list. Um, but, you know, it definitely was a great game back when it came back out on PC. Um, I played a lot of Dragon Age Origins and I still play it occasionally. I don't bring it out as much um, just because I'm a little bit of a graphics snob and, and it's, it, it's, it dates itself sometimes, even though it's, with, it's only like 12 years old or actually what, 10, 11 years old. Um, so that was my number five. Uh, my number four is going to be Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, and Ooh, basically, Kotar. yeah, I loved Kotar. That was another one that you could just play different ways. You play as a light side guy and get all these companions, and play as a dark side and get these companions. And and I, I just love the way that the game basically uh, changed depending on your um, your alignment. So if you were good, certain companions would be more aligned with you and some would hate you and vice versa if you were evil, you know, dark side versus light side type stuff. So that was pretty fun and kind of a cool, neat concept when they came out with it. And then it kind of built onto a little bit of the um, the combat style that's pretty interesting where it was a pause at the beginning of combat so you can kind of build up your uh, attacks and, and then unleash them when you unpause the game. So it was kind of fun. Yeah, um, I, I definitely like that about Kotar and... Also, you know, for those who may have not beaten Kotar, which you should have by now, um, <laughs> the end where you get to pick, you know, where you, where you get to find out that you're uh, the bad guy, basically. Oh, God. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, that was... If you uh, haven't played it, it's an old game. Come on. It's on everything yeah, it's, nowadays. It's 17 years old now. Come on. Yep. So that, that was like, like I said, that was my number four. Um, so there's already heavy hitters at my, in my top five. Um so number three for me is going to be the original Fallout on PC. Um, that game was the one that first I kind of first realized that games are not always for kids. Because I remember playing that game thinking, wow, this is pretty brutal and pretty adult themed. <laughs> like, like, what kind of games can you go out there and, and go marry a chick and then prostitute her out and, 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 you know, and then just do all kinds of stuff that, you know that you wouldn't normally do outside of like a leisure suit Larry type game or something, you know, and that's um, how Grand Theft Auto came around. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, fallout was just one of those very grungy and adult games that, you know, uh, the turn-based combat was pretty fun. And it was, you know, to, by today's standard, it's still pretty good. I still love to load it up if I can get it to run on any machine usually without that. I have to run an emulator on. So fallout's my number three, the original one on PC. Um, so number two, um, this was a hard one because I tough. I was tough. I was really tough to make a decision on between my two and one. My number two game of all time is Horizon Zero Dawn. The story Ooh. in that game was amazing. I've played that game multiple times, even though there's not a whole lot that changes, just because of the story. I played through it originally before the DLC came out, and then when the DLC came out, I played it again straight from the beginning because I wanted to experience it all together again. Um, the combat got a little bit repetitive, but still, it was just very interesting fighting mechanical dinosaurs and beasts um, it, with a tribal type person. You know, it's like tribal tribal type game with dinos that are mechanical, and, and there's a pretty interesting story about the fall of and how it happened and everything. So uh, the story for that game drove it home to me. Yeah, it's a great game, and it's definitely one of my favorites. Not not in my top, but definitely one of my favorite games. Yep. So you, you kind of see a theme in my games. I'm very big on the RPG and, 
and uh, and action RPG type games like that. That type of stuff is what what I love to play on there. And my number one element. Yes, you know the story. The story drives me because the gameplay can get repetitive in most just about any game. But if the story can drive you forward, you don't want it to end. And and I felt that way about Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm like, oh, it's over already. I want to play some more. You know. Um, and even though, like I said, the combat got repetitive because it was always the same. Find the weak spot of the of the mechanical beast and take it down, or or something like that, and then do all the little open world stuff that most of these games are moving towards. My my number one. And, and, and Nick guessed it. It's Mass Effect. <laughs> I, making my list, I learned something about myself that I love Bioware, I guess. <laughs> I didn't realize how many games were on <laughs> right? my Right, most of your selections are from Bioware. Yep. I mean, three of my top five are for Bioware, and then when we move on to the other list, there's some few more things on there. But um, Bioware seems to be pretty heavy. The original Mass Effect was amazing to me that you can make choices that have an effect on the outcome of a game like you can get people in your party killed that will not be in the next game or you can get people you could save people that will make an appearance in the next game albeit there were a little bit cameos but still you know just to do a, a playthrough and you know have a character live or die and then play the next game in the series and you know there's a cameo about you know because it puts your save that you know it would have been nice to see this person but they died in whatever event that happened so it was one of those games where it eventually made choice feel like it was real, and you got hooked on characters because you did side missions to progress them and make them feel more more like part of the crew and not really just a party member you picked up at a bar or something, you know. <laughs> so yeah, right. Mass yeah. Effect. So yeah, Bioware made three out of the five of my top uh, five games. So it made me realize I didn't realize that I was that heavily involved and loved Bioware games until I made the list because I don't pay a whole lot of attention to who the developer is usually. I'm just like, oh, that looks like a cool game. I want to play that. <laughs> awesome. That was a great list, and there's a lot of great games there. <clears throat> and I would agree with you on on all of those. Those are all great games. The original Fallout I didn't play a ton of, but I have played it, and I do see how you know, at, at the time, how revolutionary that game would have been. Um, <clears throat> and I have played it a bit nowadays, but it's a little old, and, and you know, some of the mechanics are a little dated uh, out of my, uh, out of what I want to play in an RPG. But uh, <clears throat> still, the choices and, and the dialogue and stuff is hilarious and, and, and great and, and Fallout, and especially the rest of them that you said. Um and I was thinking, you know, we should wait on your dislikes. Because I like how this is going. And I think we should come back to you on your dislikes. And we should uh, head over to Shane with his top five greatest games of all time. And then we'll come back. And then we'll go do mine. And then we'll come back to our disappointments. So, Shane, go ahead with your top five greatest games. Oh, goodness. All right, no, no crap. I'm a little bit older, so I've started a little earlier. Uh, number five is definitely Halo One. Uh, just so many, 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 many memories on it. You know, land parties and uh, the uh, premiere for Halo Two had a big tournament and got my butt kicked at the end, but it was still great. Just lots of memories of it. It really helped push shooters on consoles it did it right so that's where i would go with that number five definitely four i gotta throw nintendo in here super mario the original i got blisters on my thumbs still today from that one 
the uh, <laughs> it was just so stupid, silly, fun. Me and my brothers just played the heck out of it. Uh, three, I'm gonna go with Resident Evil 2. That was my favorite one out of the PS1 era, PS2 era, and probably PS3 era. Uh, I really enjoyed story, gameplay, all that. It just, it just all clicked for me. And, you know, except for Leon, he was kind of annoying. <laughs> but other than that, I liked it a lot. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 1. God, that thing was so much fun back in the day. I played the hell out of it so many times just to keep unlocking things like the bandana and the, and the stealth suit and all that stuff. It was just so much fun. And contrary to belief, Final Fantasy was not in my list. Just kidding. It was number one. Final Fantasy VIII is my favorite. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII is my favorite out of all the Final Fantasies so far. Uh, I mean, I just love the the mini games to it. I love the card games. I love the story. Uh, not all the characters uh, were there, but uh, overall, it was definitely one of my favorites. I still say it's better than seven, but that's just me. And I will throw in a bonus game. Uh, Last of Us Part One, the original for PS3. That game was just such an amazing game. It was one of the few games that really just make you want to just play 24-7 just to find out what happens at the end. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I remember I, I didn't buy a PlayStation, uh, the latest PlayStation when it came out. I, I, I bought an Xbox. and But mm -hmm. when I did buy my PlayStation, it came with like a greatest hits type game. And that was one of the games that were on there. And, mm. and man, I played the mess out of that game. I loved it from, from, from start to finish. It was really good and, and really made me. You know, by the time I picked it up, there were already rumors that the second one was coming out. So I was hyped. I'm like, yep. I'm ready for the second one. The first one ended. This is going to be great. Yep. If you didn't cry in that first, after that first 15 minutes, man, you're a heartless bastard. <laughs> 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 I sat there sobbing in front of my big screen. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I, I agree on the Halo as well. I mean, Halo was my first introductory game back into consoles. I'd stayed out of consoles for a long time. And mm -hmm. talking about having to learn a a controller i remember playing halo with my friends and accidentally going what's uh, what button does this and actually sticking or nading people and like why are you running away you'll find out that's right <laughs> they got a glowing yeah. bomb on their back yeah i mean it was one of the first games uh far as an, an fps that i i played on a console period and that just got me hooked and then they started making them more and more rainbow six three uh was really close to being on my list because i played the hell out of it and it was just such fun even the silly uh voice uh controls you could use you know breaching clear you know yelling at your tv in the middle of the night <laughs> you know that was just that was just a blast yeah indeed it was and halo was the first um first person shooter for me that got me using inverted uh uh, sticks for the up and down controls because <clears throat> ever since then I would always you know up is up is down is down and in Halo I I couldn't play that way I, I had to invert them for up is down and down is up and then ever since then I it's the only way I could play first person shooters or anything with a camera that you can move horizontally um, or vertically I mean <clears throat> so yeah definitely some great games 
All right, so it's my turn to go through my top five. Um, you guys did get some of them on there. Um, you didn't specify where they 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 uh, were positioned, but you did uh, announce the ones that were on my list. So <clears throat> on my, uh, I like a lot of old school retro games. So on my number five on my list is a game on the NES called Faxanadu. Uh, Faxanadu is a RPG, side-scrolling RPG. Um, <clears throat> this game is just, I've played it numerous times and beaten it numerous times. It's its a great kind of uh, niche game. You know, not a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people have played it or really even heard of it. Um, <clears throat> I remember playing it as a kid and just loving it. And I, I, I own it today and still play it. And I, you know, I beat it, uh, I think, at the beginning of this year again so um it's a great game it's just uh yeah, old scrolling side scrolling rpg for the for the regular nintendo um which was a great game and then my number four is a mega man game and but no i'm like shane it's not mega man 3 it is mega man 2 oh damn <laughs> yeah one off <clears throat> Mega Man 2 is my absolute favorite Mega Man, I think. Um, I, I do love uh, the Mega Man series in general, and I do love Mega Man X, uh, the X series, and a lot of the uh, numbered Mega Mans at the beginning, 1, 2, 3, so on and so forth. Um, but I think Mega Man 2 is my all-time favorite. It's the only one that I continually go back to and play. Um I, I do go back to all of them and play them all, but two is definitely the one I play the most. So, Mega Man Two, my number four. Number three, Castlevania, the original, the original NES Castlevania, is my number three. I do like you pretty much all the Castlevanias. Um, the PlayStation Two Castlevanias are okay. The Nintendo sixty four ones are all right. Um, but the original Castlevania, you know, out of all of the Castlevanias, that's probably the one I go back to and play the most. Um, I, I love Castlevania, any Castlevania type of game, but I think the original Castlevania is my favorite and still is to this day. And I, that's something I still pick up and play through just when I want to. When I feel like I just want to play something, you know, and I don't know what I want to play. That's typically what I'll load up and play. So. Uh, my number two is Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger is... What would you say? I wouldn't have guessed that. No? Uh, no. I, I love Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger is one of my favorite uh, old-school RPGs. I wish they would make another one. Um, or, you know, even like a, a full... I really wish they'd make a sequel, but even a full like remake of Chrono Trigger would be awesome to see. Um, I just love the RPG elements, the fighting, the story, the whole time traveling portion of Chrono Trigger. Um, going back in time and forwards in time, and uh, just everything about Chrono Trigger, I just love. And, and uh, I wish we would have seen more from that franchise, um, but. You know, they came out with Chrono Cross for the PS1. Yeah, the PlayStation 1, um, which was pretty good. Uh, it, it, but it still wasn't Chrono Trigger. You know, it still had that 
time traveling and, and various things like that. But in as much as I do like Chrono Cross, um, I think Chrono Trigger is my favorite. And then my number one is Final Fantasy three or six. It was three when it came out in the U.S., but it's actually number six um, in the chronological order of Final Fantasies. Uh, it came out on Super Nintendo. Just one of the best stories, um, I think, of Final Fantasy there is out there. Um, you know, there's characters that you can not get. Um, if you don't go find them, there's some characters you can lose if you don't do certain things. I remember... Now, there's one character named Shadow, and you go on this floating island, and if you don't wait long enough, you'll lose him. And I did. I didn't wait long enough. I was too impatient. I was like, oh, no, the timer's – there's a timer counting down, and if you don't get off the island in a certain amount of time, then then you lose, and and you got to wait till the timer's, like, almost completely empty before he'll come, and then you can save him and have him for the rest of your game. And I didn't. I left and didn't have him for the rest of the game. And there's other characters that if you just don't go out and search for them, you won't get. Um, and then, you know, there's the opera scene and halfway through the game, the entire game changes. Um, you know, from what you've been playing, it's completely different. The whole landscape's different. Everything's dark and decrepit and it's it's great. So, uh, and I play that one quite a bit. <laughs> I always go back to Final Fantasy 3 and just pop it in and play it. So, that is my top five games well i respect your decisions you're not wrong on the final fantasy (laughs) (laughs) no man no (laughs) yeah not a disappointment there i figured it'd be a lot of retro titles on your list so (laughs) i think it was all retro titles on my list i was just thinking i was like "Hmm, he likes all these konami and and square enix games oh yeah yeah and capcom you got Mega man capcom capcom and in fact santa i think that was Shoot, I don't even remember who that was back in the day. But uh, that's my top five. Yeah, definitely a lot of retro games. That's what I like the most. Um, So now that we've gone through our top five, now it's time to go through our top five dislikes slash disappointments. These are uh, ones that, you know, some of these are ones that we disliked. um, And then some of these are maybe ones that we were just disappointed loathe. (laughs) <laughs> right yeah well yeah then we completely loathe you know we dislike um uh or we we're just disappointed in um something that we expected it to be and it didn't turn out to be that way um so we'll go back around and back to patrick to his top five disappointments all right so this list was actually a lot harder to make than i thought it would be i'm like i dislike a lot of games but it's not really i guess it's hard to remember a game you dislike because i just didn't play it i played a little bit or i didn't i was like oh i didn't like what i saw so i didn't play it um so my number five is actually going to be a cop-out um my number five dislike (laughs) is going to be any board game that's turned into a console or pc game that is single player that chaps my behind more than anything is when I pick up a game that has been a board game, which is a multiplayer thing for you know friends and family to gather to play, and then that game comes out, and you go to play it with your friends, and it's like, hey, this is a single-player <laughs> game. And you're like, what is so, this? How is that? Or it's only couch co-op between like one as and a two re- people. As a reference to what he's saying, Pandemic. That was a bunch of horse crap. And then that- yeah. So so I'll, I'll move on to number four. So 
So Shane actually picked the game that was on my um, dislike list. These are majority of these are dis are are, are disappointed, not really dislikes. Um, my number four disappointing game was Star Wars: The Old Republic, the PCM MMO. I thought this game was going to be great. I'm like, it's an MMO. I get to play as Star Wars characters. It's wow, but it was Star Wars. Um, I downloaded it. I played it. It was great. Got to the end, and I'm like, there's nothing to do. There's no playing with friends like an MMO should be. All the in-game content was kind of, for lack of a better word, it was garbage. You didn't really have a lot to do unless you wanted to play Hutball or do something like that. You know, um, I'm not sure if you guys played that game or not. I did. Um, yep. I don't think I got to the end game, um, but I got pretty far up there. And yeah, it was, I mean, being an MMO it was very um, set on playing by yourself, basically. Yes. Yes, and so, so yeah, that was my biggest gripe with that. Like I said, it was a disappointment, not a dislike. I still played the game, and playing through each of the characters single player was good, but it was a huge disappointment to me because I wanted to play it with my friends and, and play Jedi and Sith with my friends, and that didn't happen. Um, so that was my number four. Um, I will also mention that was a Bioware game, so I do like Bioware games, but I think that they usually are the ones that let me down the most <laughs> at times because um, right. I have such high hopes for their games. Um my number three, this one's probably going to get me in some trouble, but I really was disappointed in The Last of Us 2. The game was amazing for the first half. And then when they sw- sw- switch over and try to make you um, see the story from Abby's side, it really didn't fit well in my... We already hated Abby, and I'm like, I cannot get behind Abby's character because I already dislike her so much from the events that built up to that. They're trying to make you see things from her point of view, which really didn't fit for me. I was It would have been a much better game if they reversed it. So if I started as Abby so I can see what's going on through her eyes and then maybe swapped over to play the other half. you know. So I was a little disappointed. I was pretty much disappointed when I got to the halfway point when I swapped over. I'm like, well, the game could have ended here, and I would have been perfectly happy and loved the game. But then when they tried to force me to have, a, um, have feelings towards Abby, it really didn't help me any on that side. I was ready for it to be over. Yeah, I agree. I think the Abby portion, it was the same for me. You know, the Abby portion really just, uh, I, I just wanted to get through her content, really. I didn't care anymore at that point. Um, you know, through the first half as Ellie, I did care. And then once it changed over to Abby, exactly like you said, we, we, we hated Abby from the start. You know, once we once you figure out what the, as the story progresses, um you have a dislike for Abby, so you don't care about her trials and tribulations and the people she knows and and all her stuff. You just don't care at that point. So, yep. So, so like I said, yeah, that one was a huge disappointment to me. If we'd have reversed it, it probably would have went over much better with me. Or if it would ended at the part with Ellie, it would have been better. Um, so, uh, number two, um, unfortunately, is another Bioware game for me. Um, and I bear this one might even be on Nick's list, but Anthem. Um, that game came out. We watched, we watched that game for a year, or maybe even longer. We heard about it, and then it was radio silence for a long time, and then it came out. And, you know, we got, got closer and closer and more stuff. And I'm like, this game looks awesome. It's going to be another a good little game to play with your friends, you know, four-player co-op, and we can run around in, like, um, suits and, and destroy stuff together, you know. And it turned out, you know, we played it. It was great until you reached the end of the game where you leveled up, and then there was just no end-game content to keep you playing. So I don't know what some of these games think when they come out, if everybody is going to just be on board for PvP and more PvP. But, you know, I like to play with my friends to do things 
like run missions or run task force or run dungeons or something. But Anthem, great gameplay in my opinion. I, I like playing it. I played it until I leveled max leveled it, and then just nothing. There was no more to do. So the game fell flat in the end. So huge disappointment for me because it didn't even last a couple of weeks. We max leveled and then stopped playing. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I do think it was uh, exactly what you said. You know, it just it had that idea of being a you know the the ideas behind it were great, but the execution was just not there for that. Yeah, one. and my my number one disappointment game broke my heart. It killed me. Um, and I'm gonna have to say Mass Effect Andromeda, also another Bioware game. So I love their games, but they tend to disappoint me the most because I guess I have high hopes for their games. But they do a great presentation before the game comes out. You're like, this is awesome. And and Mass Effect's my top number one love game. And then Andromeda was na- announced, and I'm like, oh, man, here we go. More of this get-to-make-decisions, and it affects the outcome of the game and your teams. And then, you know, the game ended. I played it. I beat it. I played it to the end. I could not bring myself to play it again. Um, but when I got to the end and they teased about the quarians and all this stuff. And I'm just like, Oh man, there's going to be more, there's going to be more. So maybe they're not going to disappoint me. Maybe there is going to be some choices that had outcomes at the end. And then it just ended. In my opinion, it ended in a bad spot. It also let me down because the game was horrendous with choices and outcomes of your choices affecting your outcome. There was just none of that. It didn't feel like a Bioware game to me. It felt like it had a decent story, but it didn't have a Bioware sci-fi story to go along with it. You know, uh, so that was my huge disappointment. That game really hurt me because I, I went all out. I bought the I bought the big Max Deluxe Collector's Edition thing, so you know. And I'm like, I'm gonna support these guys because they're there. That's my game, and <laughs> it was bad. It was pretty bad. I was really disappointed in it. Um, yeah, that was that. And I do have one honorable mention, and this is a game is a game that I loathe. It's not a disappointment. It's not a dislike. It's a game I loathe. It's the only game that can get my blood boiling, and that is Golf with Friends. <laughs> I will throw my controller I at the TV with golf with friends. <laughs> so that's my the top five dislikes. Like I said, the majority of my top five is dislikes. Four through one are dislikes or uh, disappointments, mm-hmm. not dislikes. But my my number five was a huge um, dislike, and and then golf with friends is a game I loathe. So, right, yeah, I, I would agree on Andromeda. You know, Andromeda was definitely one that I was looking forward to too. Uh, like you, you know, it's not in my top five, but I am a fan of Mass Effect, and I do like the Mass Effect series, and having it finally come back, and then and just being, I mean, I played it to the end as well, and, and, and you know, it, it, there were sort of some, some things I enjoyed about it, but there was a lot of things I didn't, and a lot of things that I wish were there um, that, weren't, that weren't, you know, like the original game had. Um, I wish it would have just went back to that, um, so... Yep. I felt like they tried to remake Mass Effect 1, but they failed at picking up all the good points of Mass Effect, which, such as the character development and the party and stuff like that. Right. For sure. And all the bugs and stuff. It had, it had a lot of technical issues. It did. It did. And I chomped through them because I got it right when it released. <laughs> all right. Well, that was a great list, Pat. And uh, Shane, now it's your turn. What is your top five dislikes or disappointed games? 
Well, first I want to say I want to defend Bioware. I don't blame them. I blame their publisher, who shall not be mentioned, because they're terrible people. But as far as my top goes, uh, I'm going to catch hell for the first one. Number five is my one of my bigger disappointments most recently, Final Fantasy VII Remake. It was it was a filler fest. I just I, I love the gameplay. I love the story. It's just there was so much filler. There was so much they should have done and could have done, but they didn't, in my opinion. So I was pretty damn disappointed in it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, as someone who didn't play the previous ones, I I don't know what to expect from the Final Fantasy, but I just recently played the remake and and I loved it. But there was a lot of filler in the game, but I still liked it. You know, not being a a fan of the Final Fantasy series like Shane is, but I definitely liked the game. And uh, like I said, I just recently played it, and I was contemplating playing through it a second time um but yeah there was a lot of filler but definitely in my opinion a good game without having playing most of the final fantasy series yeah and i I, my problem is they could have they could have put so much of the original game at least you know on that track of the original game into this first part and they just they to me they just they're milking this out as much as they possibly can to get as much as I can out of people. And it's dumb because I'm going to end up buying the next one <laughs> and it'll be the same way. But that's just, that's just my opinion. All right. Number four, uh, I'll probably catch crap for this one too, but Metal Gear Solid two, I was extremely disappointed, uh, watching Raiden's pixelated junk for 20 minutes, sneaking across the, the oil. Like- Derek was just, just it's like, come on. And then they may be play him for half the freaking game. And I cannot forget the Lee La Lu La Lay scene that just that just drove me nuts. Uh the controls and the you know the gameplay were still great, but it was a story on that one is just way too far, even Kojima far. Uh but anyways, uh I'm gonna have to go with Pat on my third one, Last of Us Part Two. Uh couldn't agree more with that disappointment. Uh, I wish they would do a DLC where you could uh, kind of flip the script and play as Abby first and then, you know, go to the other part of the story so you wouldn't have so much hate for her before you are forced to try to like her. It just made no sense. Uh, but that's just that's just nuts if you ask me. Uh, Final Fantasy X, I was very disappointed in. Uh because the game itself was really good, but the voice acting was so atrocious. <laughs> it was it was hard not to just mute and just play the game on silence because the voice acting was so, so bad. And the laughing scene in the water, uh, it was just, uh, I just wanted to punch somebody in the face for that one. And then next, and probably everybody will agree with this, Brute force for the Xbox. It got so much hype. You know, it was Bungie. Bungie made Halo. It's going to be amazing. And uh, guess what? It was crap. I took it back to the store like within two hours and begged GameStop, please give me my money. Please. They gave me 250 So that not is my list. No, no, not 350 Only 250 I paid 60 Got 250 well, I guess I lucked out on that game. I never tried it. 
uh yeah it was it was so bad it was just just terrible it was but that's my list <laughs> and just uh just a just a tie in to brute force brute force was actually made by digital anvil not by bungie or yeah excuse me they they made uh god what was that one before it not halo damn it can't remember who it was what they made right before that one i mean they, they were anvil? they were part of like the freelancer group weren't they didn't they make free they were microsoft studios owned yeah them. yeah mm. freelancer and then uh yeah one of the or one of the yeah, one or two of the bungee guys were involved in it. That's what it was. Oh, maybe. I had to go look it up to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might have been a part of it for sure. But yeah, it was a, yeah. it was Digital Anvil that made that one. But yeah, that was a horrible game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to say the least. Just, oh, terrible. But I would disagree with most of your list. Uh, I, uh, last of those two, yes. Final Fantasy X. Voice Come acting on. was was some of the voice acting was horrible but some yeah some. oh my god oh, i wanted to i wanted to punch a baby in the face just to go to jail and avoid the voices they were so bad waka voice was the yeah, only lulu. one that was tolerable you know lulu made it all well lulu had the the big guns and then riku yeah riku. yeah the rest of them just just terrible just absolutely terrible I mean, it was it was worse than the voice acting for Resident Evil on PS One, the original. Oh man, that, those are classic. No, don't go. <laughs> Here you <laughs> take this, the master of lockpicking. You're almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> the classics. Oh man, well uh, <laughs> that was a that was a good list. That was a good it list. Was a- it was the it was perfect a, list. It was a great list. Yes, it was perfect. Yeah, I'm, so I got a go, feeling that I got a feeling that we're gonna be like have no say in Nick's list because we're not gonna probably. play like half of them or all of them. That's, that's probably <laughs> no. true. No, no, there, there are at least two of them that you've played at least, at least. Well, I know Last of Us will be on there. It's actually two. not. It's actually not. Um, <gasps> oh I did. Li- I did dislike Last of Us too, um, but it's not in this list. So for my top five dislikes or disappointed items, my number five is Command and Conquer Four. Um, I love Command and Conquer, Ooh. one of my favorite franchises. Uh, as far as um, strategy um, games go, but um, I, I don't know what they were thinking with Command and Conquer Four. It was just can completely different from all the Command and Conquers. Uh, I love Command Conquer 3. I think Command Conquer 3 is probably one of my favorites. And then we go into 4, and that's kind of when EA came in. And um, it wasn't the strategy game anymore. It, I mean, it was, but, it, you know, you weren't base building. You were basically had one command center where you just did everything out of, and it was just really weird. And I, I just, you know, taking a franchise that I love and just destroying it, basically, is what they did with it. Um, that probably That's explains a lot why they why they haven't done anything much since when they put out right. like two games since then. Alliances. Well, they haven't they haven't put any out except for the remaster, which is fantastic. Well, I thought the yeah. remaster of Command and Conquer and Command and Conquer Red Alert. Well, I think Tiberium Alliance came out and then Rivals. After that, mm-hmm. Tiberium Alliance. I'm not. 
You mean Tiber- the Tiberian Wars? No, that was the old one. Was that the old one? Yeah. I, I don't think they've come second. out with one since Command and Conquer 4. I thought, yeah, I thought there was Tiberium Alliances and then uh, wasn't there Rivals. What was the Rivals one? What's that one? That one's the one that kind of reminded me of, it had the hexagonal shapes, almost kind of reminded me of, um, oh, that one was on the, that one was on the mobile devices. That's why. Oh, that was mobile. Yeah, I played that and that wasn't very good. It was, I mean, it was a mobile game, you know, uh, and the mobile games in general, I typically dislike. That, that's probably why, yeah. I mean, yeah, they haven't done a full-fledged game since the one you're talking about because uh, Tiberium Alliances was also, I think, a browser-based game. Yes, it was. You're correct. And it was basically a mobile game uh, through and through. I mean, it was a browser-based game, and I did play it, too, a little bit. But it was, I mean, they could have just stuck it on a phone and said it was the same thing. So um, it was very much a browser, like, just click and let it do its thing type game. So, um but yeah, ever since Command and Conquer 4, the only thing they've really brought out, which is a full-fledged Command and Conquer type game, was the remake, that, the remaster that they just did for Command and Conquer Rule 1 and Red Alert 1, which is fantastic. Um, so hopefully <laughs> hopefully they'll come out with, I mean, I'm hoping not more remasters. Um, I'm hoping a brand new Command and Conquer that goes back to the originals, or another Generals, uh, which was another great uh, Command and Conquer. <clears throat> so that's my number five. My number four is Fear Three. Um, <clears throat> I love Fear, and I love Fear One and Two. Uh, Fear Three was more of a disappointment than a game I disliked. Uh, Command Conquer Four was one I disliked, uh, but Fear Three was one that was just a disappointment. Uh, Fear One and Two had a lot of, you know, it was it was a first person shooter, but it also had a lot of. Uh, uh, supernatural type things going on in it and it was kind of spooky and scary and fear three just kind of threw all that spooky scariness out i mean it still had the supernatural type elements to it but it wasn't spooky or scary you know because the original fear and fear two were more a first person shooter but also kind of like a survival horror you know it had a lot of horror and, and kind of ghosts and supernatural aspects to it where fear three kind of threw all that out uh, for more of a first-person shooter type thing, uh, less less you know survival horror, less supernatural, and more just shoot, um, <clears throat> shoot and kill, uh, kind of like the Resident Evil franchise kind of did as they moved along in their um, their lines. Now, now in seven, of course, and and the coming eight, they're kind of getting back into that you know spooky scariness of it, but um, definitely. <laughs> Uh, fear was the same way, you know, once it got to three and that's where they ended it was, was three. Um, it just really went into more just shooting than anything else. Uh, my next one is, uh, number three is Castlevania Lords of Shadows two. Um, I love Lords of, you know, like I said, in my top five, I love Castlevania and I love Castlevania games. Castlevania Lords of Shadows two was uh, just a disappointment. Um, I loved Castlevania Lords of Shadows. I thought it was a fantastic game with a great story and great characters, and visuals and combat and everything. And and Lords of Shadows 2 follows the same characters the first one, but now they've become um, Dracula in, in Lords of Shadows 2. And it's modern day instead of the old uh, medieval you know Black Plague days of, of Castlevania Lords of Shadows 1. 
So you have a lot of just streets and avenues and sidewalks and pavement and things like that. Unlike the first one where you had a bunch of outdoors, grassy areas and, and you know, kind of like small villages and things. Now it's just cities and, um, and you're playing as Dracula, basically. Um, and so you have all these supernatural powers, which is great and all, but you're just fighting guys with guns and stuff. And it's... It, you know, in the first one, you're fighting werewolves and the kind of the supernatural villains, and now you're just fighting people. And so, I mean, there were some supernatural things in it, but it, it was just a big jump from the first one. It was just like, I think they just took it in the wrong direction. Um, <clears throat> you know, it would have been fine if he, if the main protagonist became Dracula and you played as someone else. Um, but the fact that you play as him again, as Dracula, it was like, ah, that is not for me. That sounds like something EA got a hold of and ruined. Yeah. It was still made by Mercury Stream, which does did great games back in the day. I don't think they've done anything since or in a while. Um, but I, I don't know what happened to that one. That one just seemed to lose focus. Uh, my number two actually matches up with Patrick's number two, and that's Anthem. Um, again, Anthem, I, I think had a good idea it had a good um you know they 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 kind of i think they knew where they wanted to go with anthem it just wasn't executed well it just didn't get there um there was a lot of bugs a lot of issues and anthem just seemed like it was not ready for release yet you know there's a lot of games that want to come out as as a as a service where you just play it and it, and it grows over time, and that's fine and all, but Anthem had way too many issues to become something like that, um, where a lot of features and a lot of functions of Anthem needed to be remade and revamped completely. It wasn't like they had the groundwork and they needed to build upon that, which is those uh, live service games are like. This one was mainly, no, <laughs> a lot of your stuff is broken. It needs to be completely reworked. Um, and I think that's why now they've kind of gone in the direction where they're making build, you know, building Anthem 2.0. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. Hopefully, a lot better than the original. Yeah, I guess it's good luck getting Nick to play Anthem 2.0, right? <laughs> I will play Anthem 2.0, and if it, you know, I liked Anthem. I just I, that was one I was disappointed with. It wasn't one I disliked. It was one I was, I was severely disappointed in because I really wanted it to be what I thought it was going to be. I thought the combat and the flying was awesome. And I liked that aspect of it and the looting, but it just had a lot of things that just weren't fleshed out. And see, I wouldn't have put it on my list just because what we did play was really enjoyable. The, they just didn't have an end game for it. And the game they did have was just too short, but what was there, I really enjoyed Right, it just ended too early. I really hope that that Anthem 2.0 is BioWare's Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> I, I want them to kill it with a meteorite and then come back with something much better. Absolutely. Oh, I I agree. Like, uh, you know, it, it's not. I don't have ill will towards the game. I really hope Anthem 2.0 comes back to be this juggernaut of a game, and it's just awesome that we can all play and have fun with. I really hope that ends up being the case. Yep, agreed. Yep, I'm definitely. It was a good. It was good drop in, drop out type multiplayer co op game, and it just ended too quick for me. You know, we got like two weeks out of it, and I think we actually played for another day or two 
what was the Shane? Maybe about five or six months ago, we picked it up again, and me, you, and I played for like a day or half a day. Oh yeah, and had a damn good time doing it. It was just it was the same thing over exactly, and over and over. Exactly. Now, again, I don't. I put the the blame on the publisher because they're notorious for pushing and pushing, and even if it's not ready, just get it out there. We'll fix it later. That's that's horseshit. That's my biggest problem with this last two generations is, well, we'll throw a patch on it. Stop it. Stop patching it. Just make it right the first time. Right. I agree. I agree. You know, you know, but, it, and, you know, it's an unfortunate thing, too, that Bioware is not the Bioware we used to know, you know, and a lot of these publishers, a lot of these developers have kind of turned into that. Um, not what we grew up with. And it's unfortunate, but I guess it is what it is. So my number one is Metal Gear Solid, not two, because I actually like two a lot, even though they had Raiden in there. But I ended up liking Raiden in the end, even though he was naked for the first half of it. It's pronounced Raiden, by the way. Raiden, whatever. Uh, was actually Phantom Pain. Um, and this was one I disliked. And the main reason is I, I love Metal Gear. So don't get me wrong about that. And I I liked the Phantom Pain. I did. Um, what I, but there was more of it about it I disliked. Um, I, I don't think Metal Gear should have gone open world. I, I like the story structure and the kind of linear structure of Metal Gear. Um, that's what I loved about one and two, you know, I mean, they kind of had an open world type ish. I mean, not really open world, but they had big environments and that was fine going through a big environment's fine, but I didn't like that. This was just completely open world. Um, I didn't like that aspect of it. I wish it would have been more linear and more just kind of stage structured and more story focused really than anything. Kind of like the other ones were, um, that's one of the things I love about, you know, especially four. Which is yep. one of my favorites. Um, I was about to say, if they would have kept more of that four route, mm -hmm. that game would have been just sweet. Because, I, I mean, I've played through four countless times. It was just that good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love four. Um, and I love one and two, and I love four. And, and, and Snake Eater is good. I, I haven't played a ton of Snake Eater, so I'm not going to comment on you know whether I liked it or not. I have Snake it. Eater. I just never through it all the it way. Is, Snake Eater is absolutely fantastic because out of all of the games, that one has the most searchable. I mean, just randomly go over here and just look in something. And it's like, oh my god, that's hilarious. Right. Bes and besides Snake all Eater the was kind of more open world too, from what I've seen, what I've the little I've played from it and what I've seen from it. But it's more like it's not necessarily open world. It's more like just larger environments, right? Yeah, and even exactly. if they wanted to go that way with Phantom Pain, that would have been fine. If they just went with a larger environment thing, um, I would have been fine with that. But it was just, just like – one thing I hated about the Phantom Pain 2 was you choose a mission and then you had to fly out to it, do it, and then you flew back. And just the, the downtime between flying back and forth between the rig – and I know you could yep. do – a couple of things while you're out there, but it was really, you had to go back and, and go out and, you know, kind of to, to continue the story and, and various things like that. So it was really just like, especially the loading times, just waiting 
flying on the helicopter and flying back and flying there. And it was just like, oh, my goodness, this is ever going to stop. So <laughs> I think that kind of hurt it, too. Um, and maybe that's the technology, you know, we're going to have, you know, faster load times, supposedly, with our new these new consoles coming out. So maybe that, you know, maybe the fan of pain would load quicker. Maybe that would be better. But I think it was just that and just the open world aspect. I, I kind of like the. The, the kind of linear story driven uh, well I would definitely the, agree with that because yeah. it's it's just not meant that way for that type of game in my opinion yeah I think a lot of these story driven games lose a lot of themselves when they go open world because they're basically we're used to them giving us a story and us immersing in the story and you know the action stuff almost takes a sideline but uh, not wholly but whenever you do like an open world you're like hey go here and you can kind of the story has to be fluid enough to incorporate you doing things out of turn or out of order than what the initial storyline or panel board would have been so i feel that they lose themselves a lot when they do stuff like that absolutely there's not too many games that can pull off large open world with a story a heavy story element uh you know, look at uh, Grand Theft Auto V. It was probably the only wide open world story driven game this last generation that will last two generations is that's that was able to pull off such a massive story that made you want to play the story, made you want to do all the side crap, made you want to do everything. I mean, it was almost a perfect game. Yeah, Rockstar has definitely got the they have the mantra down, right? They have they have it down to where you can create a, an open world environment and have a story, and they have that aspect of it down. Um, even with Red Dead Redemption, and even with Red Dead Redemption Two, which I didn't like as much as Red Dead Redemption One, but you you know everything you did. I think one of the things that Rockstar has compared to even Metal Gear fan of pain is like every little side in a lot of these open world games is that like every little side mission correlates to the main story right there's something that involves the main story in these side stories uh and i think even red dead redemption and grand theft auto and everything like that you know rockstar has got it when it comes to that they they make sure that a side quest somehow incorporates itself into the main theme and the main story Right. Even yeah. if it's a side quest, you know. Yep. I like it. Yeah. Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. I the same. I like the original one better than the second one. The second one was much prettier, obviously, since it's newer. But I couldn't tell you what the story was for the most part for Red Dead Redemption Two. I remember playing it, going from one thing to the next. By the time I got to the to the third little camp area, I was already over with the do this, go to this new area, build it up then have to move on for some reason, rinse, repeat, just keep doing that. I It had gotten old for me, but, you know, uh, for the most part, Rockstar, Rockstar does do great. Um, that one was no exception. There was some really funny side missions and stuff. I think I remember most of the side quests more than I remember the main storyline of that game, though, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I would I agree. agree with you there. I mean, I think a lot of the side quests in Red Dead Redemption 2 were better than the main story quests. Um, a lot of them there were. Was- too much taking away from the story on that one, in my opinion. I think you were forced to do some side stuff, and then you kept just going at it, and then the side, the main story just you know dwindled away. 
you know, by the time you got back into it, it didn't really matter because you had done a thousand other things. Yeah, with Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption Two, you know, I I I beat it, and um, I mean, one of the main things about Red Dead Redemption Two is it, it, it as far as the story goes, is it didn't get me as much as the first one did, right? I wanted to know what happened, and Red Dead Redemption Two, I really didn't care. I kind of knew what was going to happen. You know, it was kind of really easy to figure out what was going to come down the line, and. And, and what I imagined was going to happen is exactly what happened, right? It was kind of easy to figure out. So it didn't have a lot of mystery to it. And it, it kind of tried to recycle itself as the story-wise as the first one. And I think that's also where it... But it, And again, I, mean, I think what hurt Red Dead Redemption 2 was it was a prequel to the first one, right? And so you kind of know where and i think that's what where you kind of know what's going to happen is because if you beat Res, uh, red dead redemption 1 uh, to the to the finish and you kind of learn about the gang and and everything like that um playing the second one which is a prequel to the first you you kind of start to figure out what how the route's going to go right because they have to match it up to the second or to the original uh, i think it, if it was more of a sequel that would have probably been um, better, but oh well. Yep, yep. I look forward to see what Rockstar does next. I mean, they do good games, and I have a tendency to play most of what they put out. Right. Well, well what they're doing next is putting out Grand, Resident Evil or Grand Theft Auto Five on the station. <laughs> <laughs> I want something new. Let's say that I want something new. <laughs> God, that game's gonna live forever. Yep. Coming out it on is. the PlayStation Five and leaps through. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Eventually, they're gonna get it on the uh, on the kids' Amazon tablet. Now right? it's coming yeah. out. On... <laughs> the kids, yep. the kids go Amazon Fire. Yeah, you can now play it on your smartwatch. Yeah, that game <laughs> will be around fit, forever. Babe. We'll be like right. it'll be like Back to the Future. We have six TVs on, and and, they, and you see a commercial for for Grand Theft Auto Five twenty years from now. Yeah, yeah. On your Fitbit, it's an exercise. You run from the police. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you and, when go you're, and when you're and when you're beating a prostitute, you just shake your arm real fast. Yeah. <laughs> just throw on your uh, throw on your uh, your three D headset and go out in the yard and play Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> <laughs> and you take your headset off, and the police are really there. Yeah. That wow. bus is really is coming so at you. There is God, a dead like I got hit by <laughs> <laughs> Mom, mom. Uh, so yeah, mm. yeah, mom, I wasn't here. <laughs> but yep, I'm I'm a big fan of story-driven games. Um, but those games that just try to do open world, I feel the same way you do. They just you get lost in stuff. Um, very few of them can pull it off and keep the story, the story in line. You right. know, I think one of my one of my favorite open world games is probably the Far Cry Primal. That game was hilarious. Primal was great. It, it really was hilarious, was. and it was open world, and it didn't feel too much like an open world. It wasn't one of those ones where I felt like I was just going around doing the same thing, rinse, repeat over and over. It actually felt pretty good, and the whole thing with what was his name, Rafiki or Riki or whatever the, the Riki. Dude, yeah, he was like, I want you to try out my new rock armor, and I need you to hit me or charge this, th- throw this elephant at me or whatever. And it's just the whole thing is just great from from start to finish to that whole series. That was a good open world one, but then people do it, uh, other companies do it, and it just falls flat. It just feels like it's repetitive. You get your abilities in the first 
four or five missions, and then it's same thing over and over mm. and over. Right. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. I haven't played Primal. I have it, but I just haven't played it. So one of these days I'll get down to playing it. I haven't played a lot of the Far Cries except for five since uh, Far Cry Two. I beat one and two. Yeah. And then uh, I never never played three, which a lot of people liked, and I never played four, and I never played Primal, and then I played five, no. which. I like we five. did play we did play four Nick yeah uh, one night yep we played it on uh, we played it on PlayStation with uh, Steve it oh, was like we? a try yeah it was like a trial thing we got to play two hours and we we're like yay then we wrecked mm. or something and I must yeah, have we gave up. <laughs> I must, yeah. have, must have forgot about that yeah, yeah most people didn't like it me. I mean yeah it, they do make good games I mean uh, Far Cry the the latest one the Far Cry five and then the the new dawn i mean those were i liked them i played them um right. i think we we played we played those together didn't we, we played uh we played new we, dawn together i think didn't we I, and five no i yeah. i never we, played me new and dawn. nick played me and nick played five and i think you yeah. guys played five i as think well. you and russ played new dawn mm, yeah because that was the what happens after five type thing right because that was a two-player co-op well i think five was two-player co-op as well so yeah yeah and yeah, the new one was, looks really uh, good the, the, the one really say the good. testy festy. Yeah, yes. the testy festy was probably one of the more funniest <laughs> side questions you can do. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. But and six it, was good. Yeah, six was good. Six was good, and uh, so hopefully it'll be. Hopefully it'll be good, but it does look good. Um, okay, well, that was our top five and top five great games of all times, and our top five dislikes games, and you can see the different. Uh, aspects of each person you know i'm the more retro um oriented one and then uh, patrick's more rpg oriented one and shane's more all over the damn place all over the place yeah i'm surprised pong wasn't on there um uh that <laughs> was that was gonna be a bonus <laughs> uh, no i would have you know if you we were going back to the atari i would have picked pitfall because pitfall was a great atari game if you're going to go back that far. Now, Pong was good, too, but Pitfall's got to be where it's at. Um, all right. So, from this point on, we'll just talk about um, just gaming things in general. Uh, anything that anybody wants to bring up, uh, any, tor- any sort of uh, gaming stuff um, that anybody wants to talk about today was um, Sony's State of Play, um, which I watched earlier today. Um, really wasn't a whole lot on there. There's a lot of PS4 stuff, which they said that was going to be on there. Um, they showed off the net brand new Crash Bandicoot 4, which looks really fun. Kind of looks like the old Crash Bandicoot back in the original. Um, looks like a lot of fun. I think a lot of you know, Crash Bandicoot fans will, will, will enjoy that. Um, they also showed off uh, Hitman. Hitman 3, and I think the original trilogy, I'm not 100% sure, yep. but Definitely Hitman 3 is going to be a PSVR or have PlayStation VR um, abilities. The entire trilogy will be PlayStation VR capable. Yeah, and that's cool. That's cool. I I would like to play that game in in, uh, in VR and see how that is. That sounds pretty cool. Yep, but in VR, you get to be the victim. (laughs) You are. You're one of the people. that, That would be really cool, wouldn't it? To have somebody like come one up and where you, you play like it's like Hitman, <laughs> no, like where it's Hitman, right? 
and um, it's multiplayer, but it's through the VR where one person's the hitman and the rest of them are the people in the crowd, right? Because that's how the whole scenario goes: is you have like certain people in the crowd that you got to talk to or interact with to get information out of, and so you kind of got to blend in with the crowd, being the the normal people down there, and then one person's the hitman trying to figure everything else. Yeah, that would be interesting, you know. Uh, if you played as the hitman, or you know whoever's playing the hitman, and then the other people are maybe the guards in the scenario, kind of like a Roblox game where you got the the shooters versus the you know type stuff. You know, it would be interesting to right. be that, and just that sounds... you'd have to figure out which person, you know, how to avoid the actual players that are the guards because you don't have to then worry about dumb AI. You know, the guards are actually going to see the hitman yeah. unless you're in some type of disguise, uh, and they're going to know immediately that you're the hitman and just kind of keep a closer eye on you. Sounds like a little blend of Splinter Cell and Assassin's Creed Three, right? But basically, it's a it's 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 basically almost in a sense just like one of those horror games where you have one good bad good guy or one bad guy and a bunch of good guys trying to escape or something. Yep, left for Fred. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't have to be necessarily Hitman, but yeah, I mean that would be a pretty cool uh, type of game. Um, but yeah, it's really cool to see that Hitman's going to have some VR support. That will be interesting. Um, they also announced a Braid anniversary. I don't know if you remember Braid. It was back on the 360. It was kind of like the platformer where you could pause and reverse and forward time. Uh, it was a puzzle game. Uh, they supposedly have an anniversary edition coming out where you can... I don't know. I think it's supposed to be the same game, but some added stuff. Maybe some added levels and uh, better visuals and things like that. So that's cool for the people that like Braid. Uh, I know there was quite a few people that liked that game, and it's, it's supposed to be a pretty good puzzle puzzle game. I, n- I never really did get into it back in the day, but neat. Neat it is. Yes. And Spelunky 2, which, again, I never really got into the first one, so I don't know if it's any good. And then they had the Vader Immortal um, release date announced for that, uh, which is where you can play as Darth Vader in the VR, uh, which looks really cool. Uh, comes Lung out on August 25th. Sold He's sold separately? Lung disease sold separately. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> the burnt. If you really want to get the, you know, eat the, you get they, they uh, airlift you out to a volcano site where you get to lay in the lava burn your arms and legs <laughs> you can play the game while vr while you're on the volcano that's right oh <laughs> it hurts for real yeah it i feels mean so real. <laughs> i really want to play it but i'm just not i'm just not sold on the vr stuff yet i mean well on top of that it costs too much money for me right now but i i want to play so many vr games it's getting to the point where i've got to do something my only concern is is that i want to play vader immortal but I also want to play the new Half-Life. And I'm like, I can't play them both because they are not in the same thing, you know? So the only, the, really the big thing with me for VR is is that it's expensive to get into, especially the wide range of, of um, consoles. And, you know, if you want to play this game, it's only on PC. If you want to play this, it's only on, on PlayStation VR. So that's, that's a big hurdle for yep. me right now. Because it's like buying another console or two consoles in that aspect if I wanted to play on PC and I wanted to play on PlayStation. Yeah. Right, yeah. With the Half-Life one being on Steam, and the Vader Immortal is on computer as well, and that's already been out for a while. But, yeah, I mean, you know, entry into PC VR gaming is 
you know, almost a thousand dollars to to get it going. Plus, you have to have you know a machine that is capable of doing VR and handling that. So, I mean, they do have those headsets that are all in ones that can do the VR gaming, and it has all the uh, hardware pretty much within the headset. <clears throat> but uh, it still is expensive, right? And where PSVR is a cheaper way is probably the cheapest way to go. Um, but you know, it doesn't have the Half-Life VR game, which is unfortunate. You know, hopefully one of these days it will. That'd be great because I'd love to play that game as well. Yeah, I, I love all the videos for it. I just can't wait to play it. But right. my computer's not a slouch, but it is definitely not up to snuff to hooking in a VR system to play it. So I would have to start there and build up. And this rinse and repeat. I built, spent all my money on my new computer, but I can't afford the VR stuff. And now i got to wait to afford the VR stuff. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, mine is... It's. I did. There was a thing where you could check to see if your get your you know laptop or or desktop was ready for Half Life Alex and mine was hit everything fine except for one thing and I can't remember what it was at the time but um I think that one thing was like a no go <laughs> that it didn't hit so I'm like ah oh, that sucks all right <laughs> well VR is definitely cool. Um... To a point, they got a bunch of shovelware on all the VR systems, so you got to watch that. But man, there are those Alex and Vader, it's just so many cool games on it for sure. Yeah, for sure. And the in the uh, the uh, job simulator and, and uh, vacation simulator, those uh games are really fun and funny to play. And um, some of the shooters are pretty cool on uh, the VR system. So it, it really is just kind of finding those games that really uh, tend to be really awesome. And there are some VR ones that are pretty cool. But, it's, it's again, like you said, you have to go, to, go through the shovelware because there is a lot of crap out there. So And, and Beat Saber. Beat Saber is still fun. That's still a fun yep. game. The worst part about Beat Saber is you think you got rhythm and you're looking good in the game. But when somebody <laughs> records you... Oh right. my god! You look like Michael J. Fox tap dancing. You look like a doofus sitting there, you know. But you're jamming yeah. out, you know. Especially if you oh, put yeah. the if you put the earbuds in your ears and you can hear the music and it's all loud and you're just going and you're hitting the things and you just got to imagine yourself outside your body looking at yourself going, oh my god, what a goober! Oh, you don't <laughs> then got your wife, to. Then your wife shows you that video and you just look so stupid. Yeah. That's all right. That's You're having right. fun, right? That's all that. That's all right. Who here remembers doing the Connect uh, Dance Central game? Exactly. With me? Oh man, I played tons <laughs> of Dance Central. I love Dance Central on the Connect. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, we were we were the we were uh, God. We were sad. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but yeah, it was I, fun. just all those games. I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys remember playing like the the Wii Boxing. I can remember the first time we played that in a group. It looked like a bunch of spastic drunks. Just punching oh, yeah. in the air and swinging I, and out of breath after like two seconds. I knocked the living crap out of my son. Oh, damn, boy. Don't get so close. You know, one thing about Wii Sports was that was the only game I that I can think of that you could get anybody to play. Oh, yeah. I mean, even your parents and grandparents and stuff, you could get them to go up there and play the golf or whatever or the bowling. I mean, it was just... You can get anybody to play Wii Sports. Yeah, there's nobody who could turn down a game of Wii Bowling. Nobody. Yeah, exactly. that used to be our 
that used to be our breakout thing back in the day when we had corporate Christmas parties. Back in the day, we'd break out the old <laughs> Wii and the, all the everybody's drunk at the corporate Christmas party, and they're trying to do Wii boxing or Wii bowling or or something like that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and have like a Wii bowling tournament. Mm-hmm. We used to have them all the time. Yeah, it, that was for sure. I mean, it's still a great game. I. I mean, I haven't played Wii Bowling in a while, but I bet you if I popped it in now, I would still have fun playing it. So, But back to the state of play, they did show off uh, Control. Control is coming yep. out with their new expansion, um, and it's uh, on August 27th, and it shows for PlayStation 4, which I'm assuming more than likely Xbox as well on that same day. Um, right now they're only showing PS4, but I'm pretty sure Xbox as well. But this one um, has to do with Alan Wake as well. Yeah. Um, so it does incorporate Alan Wake into um, this um, edition of Control. And if I were to tag on a top, uh, part of my top, not top five, but definitely a top uh, games, Alan Wake would definitely be in there. I love Alan Wake. Still yep. one of my favorites. American Nightmare game. is one of the very few DLC that I've bought that I just so happy about. Great game. If you've never played it, you got to try it. Yeah, Alan Wake in general, if you've never played Alan Wake, play Alan Wake. It is a fantastic yep. game from start to finish. And, and even Control. Control is a fantastic game. I love Control. And um, they came out with their first expansion, which I haven't played yet, and I need to. I already have it <laughs> downloaded and ready. I just need to get on there and start playing it. And uh, I'm definitely excited for this one because it does have to do with uh, Alan Wake uh, in control. So that, that's awesome. So that was pretty much, I mean, also the state of play did show off Godfall. Um you know, that was the only PlayStation 5 title that I saw um, that they showed off. They did show off some other titles, which are, you know, they did show off. I, I guess the other PlayStation 5 title they did show off was that bug snacking one. Where we can eat the bugs and turn it into different. It was like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs game, pretty much. We could turn it into the different fruit and different bugs and stuff, depending on what your character ate or other characters ate. Um, they did show that one off, but they showed off Godfall at the end. And showed off gameplay for Godfall. And, you know, for me, Godfall is one that is being designed by Gearbox. And Godfall is one that I still am not 100% behind. Um, I do like Gearbox for most of the games they make. And this one does look cool. Um, Uh But, I don't know, it just still hasn't gotten... It just hasn't gotten me yet. You know, I've seen gameplay and various things. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's one I really want to play. It almost reminds me a lot of uh, the style of gameplay and stuff. Kind of reminds me a lot of uh, in the Gearbox um, toolbox. It reminds me of uh, Borderlands, um, but just without the guns. Right. And, and not the visuals, but just without the guns. That type of gameplay or uh, Destiny but without the guns again, yeah. you know, more melee and, and, and those games are fine. And all this is like, I don't know if I want another one of those, you know, I want something a little bit different. So I don't know if Godfall is going to be that different or if it's just going to be the same thing, but with swords and boards instead of guns. 
Yep, it's interesting. It looks interesting. Yeah, and you know, it just depends. The more, the closer we get to it, uh, the uh, you know, the more the more content will come out about what it is. Uh, I'm interested to see more. It's probably not going to be something that I'll be able to get right when it comes out because uh, I'm not that excited about it neither. But you know, we're still a little early on. I mean, what do we got? I mean, we don't got too much time. If they're going to call it a launch title, we only got you know estimated what three months at most on it, maybe. Right. I mean, yeah, they still call it for holiday 2020. So, I mean, the holiday is coming. You know, it's already August. And it's right. going to be here before you know it. So they still yeah. need to start getting those pre-orders and release dates out for Xbox and PlayStation to tell us, you know, when we can start pre-ordering their stuff. Uh, yep. They got to hurry up because my money is hurting my hand and I need to give it to them. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly. I want to give you my money. Just tell me when I can pre-order this stuff. Come on. But the only time we have ever had a a release date given and the actual release date being within this close of a time period is back on Dreamcast. And look how that worked. Amazing <laughs> system. But they dropped the ball. Even a, even the game developers were like, "Oh, you want this shit now?" And well, that was that was actually Sega Saturn that did that. Sorry, Sega Saturn. Saturn. The day the when it was pretty much announced at E3 during the E3 of Sega Saturn was the day that it came out, yep. and a lot Pick of retailers and various things didn't know. And Sega Saturn was going to come out that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah, they're like, "Oh, we need to put these on the shelves." What's in the box. <laughs> I got nothing and, to play. A lot on of it. places. <laughs> the problem was a lot of places didn't have them yet. In uh, the places that did, didn't know they were going. They needed to put them out on the shelves, you know. So, um, yeah, that was a bad idea for Sega when it came to Sega Saturn. And then with the Dreamcast, the Dreamcast did have a, a release date. You know, I remember all the commercials back in the day and. Uh, you know, for me, the Dreamcast is still one of my favorite consoles. Um, I yeah, love the Dreamcast, right. and I wish, I wish it would have succeeded. Better. Succeeded, yeah, because I, w- I would have loved to see a Dreamcast too. Um, but we'll probably never see another Dreamcast again. I, I don't think we'll ever see another Sega console again. So, yeah, probably I would not. like to see them do a uh, Dreamcast Mini. I, yeah, I'd lo- I would too. I love the Sega Genesis Mini. I love all the minis, all the different minis that came out. Um, the only one that I don't have is the uh, Turbo Graphics mini that came out recently, and uh, I tried, I tried to look for it online, and you can't find it. You cannot find it to buy. I've looked for it, but there's no place that's selling it. It's like it came out for a short period of time, and that was it. You can still buy the because it is not region locked, so you can still buy the. The Japanese one, um, which does, I think everything's in English, so you can still play it and everything like that, but it's more expensive. And, of course, you have to ship it from Japan or wherever. So, of course, the shipping costs are going to be a lot higher. Um, and I'm like, well, I'll just wait till maybe it goes back in stock here in the U.S. Right, yeah. I, you know, I like, the, I like the concept of the minis and everything because you can just plug and play into to new TVs and stuff like that. Um, but I'm I'm more I really like the old larger consoles and and so the mini kind of I I only own the Sega Genesis Mini but I would prefer to own like the full console but the problem is the investment it takes to get those to work with uh, a modern day TV is just so rough and they just don't look as good even when you spend like a couple hundred dollars on a on a converter they just don't look as good and the minis seem to have 
you know, obviously they can program the emulator so they have the right aspect ratio on these larger TVs and stuff. So, no, I, I, I prefer my PS2 hook to my CRT, you know, or my PS1 or, you know, anything basically before HDMI. It looks better. It feels right on a CRT. Yeah. I mean, that's the way to go. I mean, if you can, you know, and, and the best way to get yourself a, a hold of a CRT is just go garage selling. Yard sale. Yep. You, that's you're where we got find, ours. That's exactly. That's, I mean, you're going to find someone selling an old CRT that they're going to sell it for two or three bucks or whatever, and you can pick it up super cheap and take it home. And that's that's the base, best way to go for those old retro consoles. If you want to get, if you want to invest in old retro consoles, you know, the games, depending on the console, <laughs> right? If you go yeah. GameCube, you're going to spend an arm and a leg, not for the GameCube, but especially for the games, because the games are still like, you know, Every Mario game. Sunshine is still like 60 bucks, right? You would Every think game for the game still selling them, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you Every would game so. for the GameCube is twice as much as a damn GameCube. It's ridiculous. Right? Yeah. And, you know, one of the ones I want for GameCube is Eternal Darkness. And, uh, you know, I can find it. Yeah, I can find yeah, it just fine. Drop but if I want to... <laughs> yeah, if I want to drop like eighty bucks for it, I think it's what they're Ooh. selling it for, which I don't. I want Eternal Darkness and I want to play it, but I don't want to spend that much for it. So, um, and playing an emulator isn't well. The that's same. your that's the mission, right. guys. I need you to find me a a, a sixty five inch <laughs> <CRT. laughs> oh, sixty You want you want one of the old uh, projectors? <laughs> projector TVs. No, because then yeah. I won't be able to play the games with the guns. All the 65 oh, projectors <laughs> back in the day, yeah. you have to get like 20, like mine, which is like I think a 27 inch um, yeah. sharp. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, I, and what's funny is I think I had that same TV back in the day, that 27 inch sharp. So, yeah. oh yeah. Um, I've got my 22 inch Memorex, and that thing looks fantastic. I don't have any CRT TV, so uh-huh. yeah, you, you get one because like, and yeah, I have you know the Dreamcast and the Super Nintendo or the Nintendo sixty four hooked up to it, and it just, I uh, just yeah, it just looks so much better than than anything else. And on my GameCube, I do have hooked up to an HD TV, um, which you know it'll look better on this on the CRT, but it's still it's still you can still. It's not as bad as some of the older ones. You know, some of the older ones you just can't read them on a on a HDTV. It just looks horrible. You can't read the text. Or all the visuals are blurry. Um, yeah, so you got to get yourself a CRT. But um, yeah, that was pretty much the state of play. Um, that was all the highlights from it. They showed a couple other games that I don't know. They, for me personally, they didn't really look like anything worth anything and nothing i really cared about um they did have some i think some of the other ones they showed were some indie titles which you know great for those indies it's just not my flavor of game um so yeah that was pretty much it on the state of play um so another another bit of news as well as that the final fantasy 7 remake did come out with some free dlc um, some looks like some uh, rings, uh, rings Mako, yeah. some bangles, and a Mako crystal, which we have no idea what that does. Doesn't say. So it makes know. you pretty. 
It makes you shiny. Yes. It, it puts you back in a dress. Yeah, it puts you back in a dress. For the whole game. Put you back in a dress. You get to be pretty cloud for the whole game. Well, you know, the bangles are kind of cool because they have uh, the Shinra bangle, which, okay, that's cool. They have the Cornello bango or Cornello Can- Cornello bangle, which I think is one of the guys in the game, right? I'm pretty Corneo sure. Cornello is the Corneo, main yeah. Yeah, he's the, and, the leader uh, of that one town. The walled uh, market. Yeah, he's the yeah, Walmart. Right, he's the Don Corneo. Don Corneo, right. And the superstar belt, which you know that's gotta be for the for the honeybees. Uh the Midgar Bangle, which okay. And then the Mako Crystal, which again, it doesn't say what the Mako Crystal does as far as what we're looking at, so I don't know what that does, but it's part of a set of beads. Find out later. Yes. If you have the Final Fantasy VII Remake, you can go download it now. It is available. And you can check out for yourself what the Mako Crystal is. And then somebody send us a message and let us know. Yes. Even though we do own the game, but uh, we've already beaten it. I... So we probably won't figure out what that is. But. Um, if you do, yeah, let us know what that is. What that's for. Sure, we'll find out at some point. But One of us will play it. <laughs> One of us will play it. Right now, Patrick has my copy of Final Fantasy, so I can't figure it out for myself. But he could play my copy and figure it out. Let us know what it is. All right. Do you guys have anything else that you want to talk about? Anything else that you wanted to discuss? And this is pretty much open forum at this point. Uh, this weekend's Microsoft's big gaming weekend, which means they release a bunch of stuff for free to everybody who doesn't have Game Pass or Live to get to play. That means you can play multiplayer games without uh, having an Xbox Live subscription, which is kind of cool. Um, I think Microsoft Microsoft doing their games as a service is, is probably what's allowed me to play a lot of games that I would never have played. Um, so... Yeah, I think if you if you have an Xbox and you don't subscribe to Live or Game Pass, it might be a good weekend uh, if you got to play something. Uh, I think it goes from, like, what, the 6th to the 10th? Yeah, so, I think that's right. So definitely a, a good little thing. They got quite a good quite a good selection. A lot of what I would consider AAA titles on there as well uh, that they're letting people play for free who don't have either of those services. So definitely a good good thing. Uh, I think Microsoft's doing right by their by their uh, console owners by giving people a little taste of what they can have if they want to pay, you know, uh, the nine the $9.99 or the $15 a month for either or subscription. Uh, I personally do Game Pass Ultimate so I can get all of it, and even on my PC. So I definitely utilize, utilize it a lot for me and my kid. Absolutely. Yeah, Game Pass is something that Sony and Nintendo really need to look closely at doing something. Like, because it's an amazing deal. It will get you to play games that you haven't even thought about. We played Farm Simulator, for God's sakes, and we had a blast. <laughs> All right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that was definitely games one like, that I wouldn't even think about playing was Farm Simulator. But Farm Simulator is an actually really fun game. Yep. Yes. A, a joke that turned into us playing something. Yeah, for several days and cheap, for several though. hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> we built a whole farming enterprise. That's right. We had several yep. crops and everything. And then turned around and got 19. 
Yes, and that made us made us buy 19. So that I mean, that's another good thing about Game Pass is it kind of you know it turns you on to a uh, <clears throat> into a game or even into a franchise in this case where you know we liked 17 so much. You know, 19 came on sale and we're like, hey, let's pick up 19. We liked 17 a lot. You know, well, we wanted to get Farm Simulator 18, but it had uh, Locust. Yes, the zombie Locust. But no, <laughs> Game Pass is so good. Uh, I recommend two games right now: Carrion, Car- is it Carrion or Carrion, and Indivisible. Just yeah, fun as hell. Yeah. I, I, it'll be it'll be unfortunate if Sony and Nintendo do it because then I'm going to go broke having to pay for three subscriptions. But <laughs> I, I only play Sony's exclusives, so I'll just. Take the hit. Well, you know, Sony has the PlayStation Now, which is fine and all, but PlayStation Now is actually horrible. Um, let me now, put that back. <laughs> let me put that. Let me let me take that back. It's not fine. It's horrible. Um, I've tried PlayStation Now, which is the streaming uh, old PlayStation Two, PlayStation One games to your console, and it's it, it works. Yes, not well, but it works. Um, you know, it, uh, unlike X Cloud, which is coming out uh, for Xbox in September, which, which I have tried, yeah. actually works really well. Um, your game streams most of the time. I mean, there are a few hiccups there and the, uh, here and there for latency and various things, and that's 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 understandable over the internet. Uh, but not unlike PlayStation Now. PlayStation Now, I've tried a, quite a few games on there, and and most of them would either stop or just be like. Uh, they would look like total garbage where I couldn't figure out what was going on or they just hiccup and have a lot of problems where as X cloud, um, I would have a few hiccups here and there, but most of the time I could play the game perfectly fine without any issue. Um, and with full fidelity, um, no downgrading of the graphics or anything like that. So, and I tried a wide variety of games, you know, X cloud or streaming your games may not be your thing, but, um, for, you know, for sure, even I even tried Stadia and Stadia, you know, <clears throat> um, Stadia, uh, uh, unlike PlayStation Now, actually did a lot better, did pretty much the equivalent of, of the xCloud as far as streaming goes. But, you know, of course, Stadia is more of a, an a la carte system where you have to buy the games. You can't just download and play them like uh, xCloud, which will give you a... Um, pretty much every game that's in Game Pass that you can download and play through any sort of device that you can stream onto. So, and it will also you can also do the streaming of your own games that you have bought through your system. <clears throat> right, right. Which is not XCloud; it's just game streaming, which they do have now. Yeah, which is to me is virtually the same thing, but they both work fantastic right. for they the do, most part. And they do. Yep. And Nintendo has the Nintendo Switch Online, which mm-hmm. is a pretty good deal. They have a lot of like uh, Super Nintendo SNES games and NES games on there yes. that, uh, you know, it's definitely worth playing through. It's got a lot of nostalgia feels on it. Um, you know, it's definitely it's a good one. Uh, I don't play my Switch nearly as as much as I would like to, but uh, it's got a lot of nostalgia games that I would like to get get in, get into again. Um, you know and. And there's just, I mean, come on, Super Mario World, you know, F Zero, Star Fox, right. Super Mario Kart. Come on, I mean, those are great I games. Switch. I grab that switch, and a lot of times I go to the bathroom. If I got a feeling this is going to be a long evening, I'll just go in there and play Donkey Kong all night. <laughs> and that's why so, we don't use this. 
<laughs> we don't play with Shane Switch when we bought one. Nobody but, yeah, I, the Switch. What I do like about the Nintendo streaming services or the Nintendo, you know, the Nintendo Online is is I, the retro controllers. I want some of those so bad to play with yeah. my console. I want them so bad. It's just it's hard to bite the bullet on being for those since I don't play my Nintendo as much. But for those SNES and the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo Entertainment uh, retro uh, controllers, I want one. I want them so bad, even just to have them without having to play with them. Um, oh, yeah. you know, Nintendo, Nintendo's is doing all right. I think that their streaming service could use some more games, but I think they're working on it. Um, and it's not that it's not unreasonably priced. So. No, you get, a, a year. you get a good value, yeah. and for what you get, it's just you know all those classic games for twenty bucks in a year. I'll take it. Yeah, it, it, I think I think the last last I'd heard they were over like sixty or seventy. I think there were like seventy or eighty titles on there, something like that. For twenty dollars mm. a year, that's not bad at all to play those. Yep, just give me the Mario All Stars two. That's all I want. <laughs> it ain't out yet, but I, I know Nintendo's working on it. You bastards! <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's a they have a lot of games on there. You know, I don't. I ha- you know it's twenty dollars a year, which is not bad, um, especially with all the games you can you know with all the games they, that you can download and play. They have they're adding games here and there. Um, there's a lot of games I wish they add on there that they don't, but um, it, for twenty dollars a year, I mean, can't really argue too much. So yep. for uh, retro gamers, it's in. I mean, where else right. can you get that kind of a deal for Nintendo and Super Nintendo oh, yeah. games? Right. Exactly. And going back on the Game Pass thing, um, when you were talking about um, the games you can play free for this weekend, plus uh, not having to have Xbox Game Pass, um, they also have the Game Pass games coming this uh, in, here in August, uh, which right now out at this current time is uh, Darksider Genesis. That's the uh, uh, another entry in the Dark Sider franchise. This is the top-down um, kind of twin-stick shooter, um, two-player co-op online, I believe. Um, it's supposed to be pretty good. Um, it lurks below, which I think is an indie game. I haven't, I've heard of it, but I haven't played it. Um, the Dark Pictures anthology, Man in the Dan, <laughs> which is a Man hilarious game. <laughs> uh, it's not supposed to be hilarious, but it's funny. And that is co-op, uh, two-player, I think. Yeah, unless you do like the player, unless you play like the theater mode or whatever, where everybody's in the same room type thing. Right, and you just watch it or whatever. Uh, Trailmakers, I don't know what Trailmakers is. Um, Undermine, I haven't heard of that one either. Trailmakers um, is when you drink too much and you can't make it to the bathroom. That's true. <laughs> and then uh, Xeno Crisis, which is uh, kind of a contra type. Uh, 2D shooter, I believe. Then we then still after have that to look is, to, right? Yeah, and then after that is... Uh, well, according to this list, it says on today as well is the Final Fantasy VII HD remake, which I thought was coming on the 13th, but it, uh, according to this information I'm looking at, it says today. Uh, um, well, I'm not 100% sure on that, so I have to check that out. And then Tell Me Why, which was introduced at the last... Microsoft Conference is coming out on August 21st, which is the new uh, Don't Nod game. The people that made, um, uh, oh, what's that game? Those kind of Telltale type games. I, I can't remember. The... Talking about Captain Spirit? 
Yeah, the Captain Spirit game, and then the uh, uh, Life is Strange. And Life, Life is Strange, Strange yeah. Yeah, so this is the new one by them, which uh, those are pretty good games. So uh, Yeah, Life first, is Strange is real good. Really liked uh, Captain Spirit. I didn't play Captain Spirit or Life is Strange 2. I really need to, because I love Life is Strange 1. I, that was a fantastic story and a fantastic game, and I I really want to play... Uh, did you buy the whole Life is Strange 2 uh, sale bundle when it came on sale not too long ago? No, I didn't. Not me personally. I I, I, play, I bought the or played through and bought the Life is Strange uh, Chapter 1. And then Before the Storm, which was the prequel to Life is Strange, I bought that too. And I only played through a little bit of that. <clears throat> um, you know, I, I liked it, but it was... I, I I think just beating the first... I, I think if that would have came out first, it would have been better to kind of see what kind of leads up to Life is Strange. So kind of knowing what happened through Life is Strange, it was kind of weird just playing kind of more... It was more like filler and backstory, really. And gotcha. it was just like, eh, I'm not... I don't really care much about the backstory part. Um, it, it's still a good game, don't get me wrong. It's just, I think if you were to play Life is Strange, you should maybe play Before the Storm first um, to kind of get the because you know, it is a prequel to it. If you want to learn more about the story. Otherwise, just play Life is Strange 1. <laughs> All right. so. now, and yeah, Final Fantasy 7, the HD, yeah, it comes out August 13th, is what they're saying is the release date on Game Pass for it. Okay, that's what I thought. For some reason, they must have been a typo where I'm looking. Yeah, yeah I think it just shows there's a list. I guess, you know, I've never played the Final Fantasy games. I've played a few of them, but not an extent. I just recently played the 7 remake, so this might give me an opportunity to play and see the whole story rather than the episodic chapter that we're getting now i don't know how many pieces they're going to try to break it into but at least i'll see a little bit more of what would change than the overall whole story 20 right. pieces 60 bucks a pop maybe square annex <laughs> <laughs> yeah the remake especially with the hd remake one nice thing about it too is you can also you know you can if you wanted to just just see the story in general you can um, put on all the buffs yeah, you can put it on the bus to make your characters all level 99, and you can also speed up time and various things of that nature through it. So, um, you know, it's worth it. Yeah, but I honestly, 7 had a better grind to it than 8 did. That's the only thing I will say that's better than 7. <laughs> but don't, tell, don't tell my Final Fantasy 8 squad I said that. <laughs> Yeah, squad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, call ourselves the Squall Squad. <laughs> so yeah, so give me a chance to play that, especially because it's free. Because I have a Game Pass subscription, um, so it'll be it'll be one of those games that I look forward to playing uh, to play through it just to know the story. Because I really enjoyed the remake, not being able to play the previous games, and maybe I shouldn't play it because it sounds from you guys are <laughs> a disappointment. But I enjoyed the remake, and oh no, yeah. no. It is a disappointment to it's shame. A, to me, it's, a, it's one of the, not the greatest, but one of the greatest Final Fantasies. Seven is fantastic. Eight's one of the worst. But seven. You eat, <laughs> you eat dog turds in hell, buddy. <laughs> no, I've played a little bit of eight. And, you know, really, the, I haven't played all of eight. But really, the the there's there's... You have the main characters, and then you have um, these three additional characters that are like soldiers or whatever. And, and for me in 8, their storyline is way more interesting than the, so far than the main um, 
the main uh, uh, people. Man, um, I three... don't even think you're playing the right game. No, the, the soldiers, you know, <laughs> the soldiers that you play. That you kind of like flash back to and you have the three soldiers in blue uniform. Oh, yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, those I three. I about like, the flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, they, they're flashbacks, but I mean, like, their their stories seems more, I, I, I don't know, when I was playing it, it was more interested in what was going on with them than I was about what was going on with the main uh, characters at that point. Yeah. So. I will fight to the death for your opinion, but your opinion's wrong. I will play and beat Final Fantasy VIII at some point because I do want to play through it. Because there are, you know, there are a lot of people that do say eight is better than seven. You're not the only one. I have heard I that online we, quite a bit. And we are correct. <laughs> but they, but they didn't a lot of people that like eight way more. So well, those people are bastards. There's a lot more people that I think that don't like eight. Or, like, not necessarily don't like it. They just don't think it's as good as 7. But, <clears throat> well, yeah. they chose to remake 7 and not 8, right? Maybe yeah. they'll remake 8. Or, you know, 9. 9's a great game, too. So 9, eh. 9 was good. But, I don't know. I didn't like it going going back to that, that uh, art style for the characters. I like it. More... It was just a return to the past, and it's like the old. Again, it was, it was a nostalgia type thing with nine. You know, that was really the thing with it, um, the characters, and just kind of going back to that old style uh, Final Fantasy, turn based. Just you know, no, no glimmer and glam. It was just the regular old turn based, and, and that's I, I love that personally. But yeah, that's just me. I like turn based. Just you. I, I mean, seven and eight had turn-based combat too, but you know, seven and eight tried to do things differently. You know, seven tried to do stuff with the materia and everything, and then eight with the cards and the guardians, um, like and the guardians and stuff. And you know, and nine was really just about turn-based combat. You know, there wasn't really much more. Nine to was about one person who could use the materia slash whatever the hell they called it, and that was right. it. That's me off. Then you had 15 where everybody just drove around the car taking pictures of everything. That's right. God Which dang it, <laughs> Pronto, sit your ass down. Which 15 was great, too. I loved 15. Uh, I and, beat I loved, and I loved yeah. 13 as well. 13 was probably my least favorite, but I honestly, I wouldn't put 13 in my least favorite column out of the Final Fantasy. I thought. Would you put in your least favorite? In my least favorite, mm, definitely 10, and then 10 2. And. Oh, yeah. No, you're crazy, man. Ten was, besides the voice acting, the rest of ten was fantastic. Oh come on, Blitzball was. Yeah. Nobody yeah, no. beat Blitzball no. games. No, yes they did. No, you're just crazy. You just <laughs> yeah, whatever their game shark. Well, I've got no stake in this. I played, uh, <laughs> I played seven the remake. I played fourteen before the uh, uh, before the reawakening and the reawakening, yeah. and then I played uh, fifteen. <laughs> so that's all I got. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll throw you. Everybody needs to play the Legend of Dragoon from PS One. That is one they need to bring back. That was such a phenomenal. <clears throat> yes, that was a great game. They'll never bring it back, but that would be great if they did. Yep. That was one of the best RPGs in PlayStation. Period. Yeah, it was a really good RPG, and I wish they would bring that. I wish they'd bring that back in Skies of Arcadia. Um, yep, and, and be another good as well. But they'll never bring this back. 
the gray RPGs. And then the uh, Tales series, which Tales series is a really good series, too, uh, which they're making the new one, which I think got delayed or something, Tales of Arise. I'm not sure, but um, we'll see what happens with that. Anywho, well, that sounds great. That was good. Um, I think that's it for us. I want to thank Patrick and Shane for joining me today. And, and every time we do a podcast, they're going to be there. And we're going to talk about games and giving our aspects on games. This was a Taste Different podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Good night. Good night.